0: The following is a quarantine recording presented to you in a sound. It was recorded with whatever was lying around. She insists on respect the sister walk around like a woman she won't speak unless it's something
1: worse saying don't play the girl takes herself so seriously people stare curious she got a natural way her hips sway furiously like luxurious carries herself like the cutest most thirdiest thing see this side of the bay hey this is lady don't take no your weekly roundup of all of the real and none of the fake I'm your host, Alicia Garza. This show is pro-Black, pro-queer, proudly feminist, and pro-do-what-you-like. Every week, you're going to get the best of what goes on in my head, what we love on, and what we hate on, what we might be and what we ain't going to do. Politics, pop culture, police on trial for the second week in a row, we cover it all. We are recording from Oakland, California, the center of the known universe, where we are dealing with Rona and Reconstruction. It's a challenging time. It's a changing time. It's a time of transformation. It's all the things all the time nowadays, but we're going to help you understand the dynamics of this time every single week. So be sure to tune in, tell a friend, and obviously leave a review on Apple Podcasts we do it for the culture so the pod is free 99 cuz we know that with a country in chaos the least we could do is keep you from putting your money anywhere else than where it's needed our guest this week Is our first return guest in the history of Lady Don't Take No. He's the founder of the Black Male Voters Project, a national organization with a sole purpose of increasing Black men's participation in electoral politics. He's appeared on Democracy Now!, NPR, and many other media outlets. He's also a co host on Clickbaity, Political Thirst Trap, which is a video podcast. He's a guest, so nice, we're having him on twice. Please, please, please welcome W. Mondale Robinson.
0: Yo, what's good? It's good to be back. Um, I feel so honored to be the first ever twice visiting guest. Um, That's pretty dope.
1: Now, Mondale, I got to ask you, because you and I both know we are still very much in a panoramic. A panini, if you will. (laughs) And despite the fact that there are still a lot of people out here who are not wrapping it up and backing it up, meaning wear a mask and get six feet apart. There are some of us who are still following the rules because we would like to experience a summertime. So I gotta ask you, Mondale, what has your quarantine life been like? Has it changed at all since we talked last? And have you developed any new and unique habits live and direct from Miss Rona?
0: Um, I mean, there have been new habits some of them um, pretty like intimate as it pertains to me chilling at home more. And, um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Also, um, I think I'm happy that Black men are not, not taking the vaccine. Um, they're lining up to take the vaccine. I think that's important. So I've just been trying to get the message out that people need to get vaccinated so I can get back outside. So I'm excited about that. As it pertains to new habits, other than being in the house more, Not really. Okay. Not
1: really. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, you know, Lady believes that um, if everybody could wrap it up and back it up, then Lady could also experience her hot girl summer. Okay. So (laughs) can we just be about this life? Are there any new skills that Miss Rona has given you? So in other words, look, I'm old enough to remember at the beginning of this thing, we were baking bread. You know, from like sourdough starter and all that stuff. We were planting gardens. I know Lady was doing her own Japanese hard gel manicures. But give us the scoop on your pandemic skills. So just in case we enter into the apocalypse, which it's looking more and more likely these days, I got to know what you bring into the table.
0: So listen, the last time I was here, you know, I, I, I can build furniture out of wood, recycle pallets. So that's what I'm bringing to the apocalypse. I also... Have become a master of fabric.
1: A master of fabric. Yeah, so been, I need to understand this. So Say I've been more.
0: traveling, driving to New York to uh to the fabric district and buying different like types of fabric, doing different types of things with fabric. So I'm a master of fabric. So not only can I make you a table, I can dress your table for you.
1: Wow. So
0: if 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 during the what are we talking about? The, the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. No, no. The, the apocalypse. Apocalypse, you're right. If you need a well-manicured table call me.
1: Fair enough. Maybe we'll need a well-manicured table <laughs> for the heads that they will carry after we handle business mm. with the people who put us into the apocalypse. But that is another show for another day. Lady Don't Take No will be right back after this important message. Looking for a new podcast? I highly recommend checking out Ideas in Action by One World my publisher at Penguin Random House. This podcast features crucial conversations with some of today's leading thinkers and activists who explore the challenges facing our society today. You'll hear ideas and perspectives that will help us understand where we've come from, where we are, and how we can create a brighter future for everyone together. I was recently a guest, and I gotta tell you, Some of the questions I was asked were really thrilling. They were profound. Made me think about things I hadn't thought about before and made me share things I hadn't shared before. So go ahead and check out Ideas in Action on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I wanted to have you back on the show because I was so impressed and humbled, really, by the conversation that we were having about Black male voters and Black male voter participation. During that period, when you came on, we were very close, very, very close to one of the most consequential election cycles in a generation. And then we got through that only to find out That there was a runoff happening in Georgia for a Senate seat that would become critical to there being a shift in the balance of power so that new and better laws, fingers crossed, could actually be implemented. And so I wanted to have you back on so that we could talk about what happened with Black men in this last election cycle what was the work that you all were doing to activate and motivate Black men? And now on the other side of this, right, let's go back to this conversation. Why was this work important? And before you jump in, I just want to say one more thing here. You know, on this show, it's important for Lady that we don't just throw a bunch of shit out there in the universe right? and then never come back to it. We want to go ahead and close these loops because I do feel that in this moment, there's a lot of people who are getting some amnesia about why we worked so hard. So give us the scoop. What actually happened in November? Did black men give the margin of victory to Donald Trump? Or like you said, was there actually a very different outcome here and why?
0: Yeah, I think, so you asked three powerful questions. What happened, what we what we were doing, and then what we do next, right? So what happened was, just like I said, black men are not voting for Donald Trump in Georgia or nowhere in this country. We saw a record number of black men turn out, not only in the general election, but then come out again in the runoff when people said there's no motivation for the general election. There's definitely none for the runoff. We saw record numbers. More, than black, more black men voted for Joe Biden than they did for Barack Obama. Wow. More black men voted for Warnock and also than did Barack Obama or Joe Biden. We had had two, we set two records in Georgia. So we saw one, the most people ever voted in a presidential election. Then we saw that record get shattered by a Senate runoff. Uh, And black men had their role in that. Absolutely. We saw 144,000 black men that were registered to vote for, that could have voted for Barack Obama that didn't Mm -hmm. participate in this election cycle. So to, to see what happened uh, is a direct result of what we were doing in Georgia and what we were doing, making black men seen by acknowledging their issues and not talking about candidates or party loyalty or transactional, showing up like a transaction um, like the party normally does. And I think, I think what we saw was the beginning of how we shift politics when we start you know, becoming service oriented and also need oriented versus personality and party, then we can we can easily convince people who are living on the margins that there's something in politics for them. Mm. We can show them beyond election cycles that there's work to be done and we're here for it. So I think people saw that in Black Male Voter Project and the continuation of that is what we're doing right now. We're transitioning from just being about voting and turning out voters to providing services like Brothers with felony convictions, we're teaching them how to code so they can get uh, meaningful em- employment, not just something that's going to pay them uh, a basic income.
1: Wow! So help people who are listening understand: what did it take to actually get that level of increase in voter registrations amongst Black male voters or Black men who were potential voters? Right? What did it take to actually increase uh, that level of participation? And what was at stake if those things didn't happen?
0: Yeah, I think that that's an important question. I think that question is so important, not just because of it's like we can talk about what we did in the past, but what's necessary for 2022 mm-hmm. and every election cycle going forth. Uh, what happened and what, what it took, it took all of 2019 to get the results from 2020. Anybody believing that the party showing up with $800 million for a runoff is responsible for those results is completely blind to what's necessary to turn out voters, especially those that are transitional or living on the margins. So what we saw was uh, all of the work, reaching out to brothers at least 15 times over election cycle, hearing them and having conversations that didn't start out sounding political Mm -hmm. in every space, strip clubs, clubs, Mm nightclubs, barbershops, real barbershops, no cameras. Uh, And focus group conversations was how we built the foundation to let brothers know that, listen, there's something in politics for us. Uh, and we know everything that's plaguing black men is a political issue, whether it's underemployment or unemployment, being suspended or expelled over sentence and all of the other stuff that goes with that. So if we talk to brothers about those issues in a way that makes sense to their lives and in a realistic way, not that this president, this white man is going to save all your problems, going to fix everything going on, and he's going to keep giving you stimulus checks that there's no more problems. So we were able to make sure black men understood that this is not the end all be all, that there's no savior on the ballot, but there is a, there's an opportunity for it. There's a way for it. And that way is not uh, what's going on with the current administration. Now It's the past administration. And I think, I think brothers saw that and, and saw the truth in our, like in our humbleness saying that, listen, this is not going to fix everything ailing us, but it's definitely a way forward. it. And I think that the idea of planting seeds is, is a reality that's not been presented in our politics. It's been very transactional. So we, sh- we shut that down. We show up like Black men because we are Black men, or we are people who love Black men. And our politics demand that we are there beyond uh, election cycle, where our conversations are not just about that. It's about feeding people. It's about uh, making sure people have dignity and whatever they're trying to do as it pertains to how they survive.
1: So that's an important point, because I think for a lot of people, we experience politics in one of two ways. I mean, one, it always feels like it's a race to the finish and it's always at the last minute. And so, you know, a month, two months before something that's really important, we're asking people to bend and to contort themselves Mm -hmm. to fit into something that didn't consider them prior to when it needed something. But then on the flip side of it, once all the dust settles, right? All the confetti has fallen, then people's phones stop ringing. The text messages stop coming. The level of engagement drops. And so what is the consequence? Yeah,
0: the consequence is another 30 or 40 years without a victory in Georgia and not not winning another Southern state, right? That's right. The the opportunity is that if we look at what happened in Georgia and the investment, uh, not just by one organization, but several organizations, uh, the possibility is that the entire South should be at play, Mm -hmm. right? There's no red South if we invest like we did in Georgia. But the, the flip side of that is 2021, everybody's rocking, running around on our side of the aisle celebrating their victories as if they did something magic or amazing or magical. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just the beginning of what we can do. And it's also how powerful the ramifications of not doing anything will be. We see that already in the Republicans' reactions to our victories. So we're sitting around here celebrating, dancing about 2020, and Republicans are working evilly working
1: That's right.
0: to change 2022 and every election after that i mean we're not just talking about the fact that they still have the power to redraw districts in the south and they do they control most of the south republicans do but they also are passing restrictive voter rights laws that are gonna kill us if we are to think about how we won this election we won this election in 2020 based on early voting they're taking that away they're stripping early voting. The, the way that they're going to make you vote early is going the same thing that prevents black people from voting. We know when you pass voter ID laws, 25% of black people don't have any identification. So you're already removing them. So people who participated in electoral politics for the first time this cycle, this past cycle, using absentee ballot can no longer use that. So now they have to inconvenience themselves by missing one or two hours or in some cases in Georgia or other places 11 hours. We saw this in Kentucky as well where people said people can't afford to do that. People that are working hourly jobs they need every hour that are you know they're, they're already fighting their supervisor for more hours on the schedule. Now they have to fight the voting officials.
1: That's right. So it's sad. about some of the work that you all are doing right now to re-engage and keep Black male voters, either who have been voting for a long time or who stepped up to vote this time. How are you keeping those folks engaged? And what is it all building up to? We already know that in our communities, there's a deep skepticism of political parties. So we know folks aren't engaged because they're enamored with the Democrats, but they are engaged because they think think that something possibly could happen. So talk us through that. What are you all doing now and why does it matter?
0: Well, let's start with the why first, because I think the why is the best way to tell like what's going on. It matters because if we are to engage, if we are to continue like what happened in 2020, it requires a, a serious analysis of how we play politics in this country and also some truth-telling, some serious truth-telling. The fact that donors like to tell their white, rich white friends that, hey, I paid for this many black people or brown people to be registered to vote. Uh-oh. Like, so people want to talk, people want to brag about numbers, not about what works. Mm-hmm. Like, so what really works is this long process of engaging voters about what's important to them. Mm-hmm. So when when you say re-engage, it's a wonderful way to 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 acknowledge that we never stop engaging black men um, and our work didn't stop on election day. We just started a different type of conversation. We we congratulated us for turning out in record numbers, but we also talked about the next step in that process, which is holding people accountable on both sides of the aisle. So our work now, it looks different in, in all of the states we're in. Some of our states have statewide elections this cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them Oop. have local elections. Y'all
1: forgot about that, right? There are... Things called statewide elections that are not just about what's happening federally. That's right. And
0: in Virginia, right, which is a heavily black state. And we have a black woman running for governor, a couple of black women, Mm -hmm. but one that we support for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's that. And then we have a lot of judicial and also sheriff elections throughout the South and mayoral elections in some of our states. So some of those. So we're doing electoral work in some of our states, but in other states, we're simply doing training, uh, teaching black men how to advocate at school boards um, at, at at the local level and then also how to train train them to be candidates mm. and work on campaigns so we're doing that and then of course we're opening our first coding
1: school i was so excited I was hoping that you <laughs> were going to mention this I yeah. didn't want to bust y'all out but you yeah know.
0: reboot reboot uh, reboot your life reboot uh, computers it's a play on that Uh, We are are working to every Black man with a felony conviction in one of our 17 states. We hope that they will, you know, apply and join our program. We're going to do cohorts every six months of 20 Black men with felony convictions, teach them how to code. They'll graduate from our program where they learn the basis of coding. Then they'll go to another program with one of our partners and they'll learn the more sophisticated part for 14 months where they'll be paid. And then they'll get guaranteed income.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. How can people support that project if they want to get involved? A
0: C3 works. So uh, anybody looking for a tax break can definitely donate to uh, Black Male Voter Project Education Fund.
1: Let's fast forward because there was all this hoopla about what Black men were or were not going to do. And we were talking about Ice Cube and this bullshit. And don't get me started again, child, because you know that might, might end up in the weekly roundup again. I'm still pissed about this shit for the record because we didn't get our fucking $50 billion, mm. okay? Mm. And y'all did a lot of nothing. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to come back to that in the weekly roundup. But there's also another piece of this, Mondale, which is that all that hoopla that did not turn out to be what it was. And then there was a lot of silence about the fact that people were loud and fucking wrong. Mm. So, what do we do with that? (laughs) What do we do with that? Like, what is the story that we need to be telling right now about the continued importance and urgency, the continued importance and urgency of engaging and supporting and uplifting Black male voter participation? Not just during election cycles, but all year round. What's the story that needs to be told now?
0: Yeah, and this and anybody that's listening to your podcast that might mistake you as bragging as a I told you so type of moment should that caution I caution them from doing that mm-hmm. and humble themselves to the fact that the true harm of saying black men were gonna vote for Trump, mm-hmm. uh, that they weren't gonna turn out, there's no motivation. Um, you know, like all of all of that mm-hmm. is to our communities. So it's not a, I'm bragging, it's you are wrong, and there's detriment to it. Because we know when certain donors hear that, they're not going to fund efforts to increase black men participation in in politics. And that is detrimental, not just to black men and issues that are important to them, it's detrimental to our entire community. So the fact that you're pointing it out, it means that we need to really reevaluate, again, reevaluate how we play politics and our polls. Is there really a place for polls right now in demographics that don't really trust uh, the system like why are we polling this population when we know the information is is flawed? seriously flawed. Um, I am excited about the fact that black men people people see I don't know if they, if they're showing it or saying it, but people have to acknowledge that black men showed up for their communities when we engage them and I'm I'm super excited that we have we have proof of concept that said when you invest this amount of money in certain states, you're going to get this results from black men. And we know that to be true because we blocked out how we were going to invest in black men. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, in Georgia and Kentucky, we invested the same amount of money in black men per black man in that state. And then we did the same thing in uh, Pennsylvania and Mississippi. So Miss- Pennsylvania and Mississippi was a voting block. And for us, and then so was Kentucky and Georgia. And what we saw was, we, in Georgia, we saw a 30% increase in the so-called sporadic black man voting. And then, and because we invested less money in Philadelphia and Mississippi, the same thing, we saw 12% increase in those two states because of the money we invested. So we know if you want to see black men turn out, you invest in them just like you do other voters and stop trying to convince your conservative white cousins mm-hmm. to vote for you when they ain't doing it. Right? Mm-hmm. So I think the the lesson learned is, These polls aren't right. They're not reading us. Plus, there's a language deficit. There's a cultural deficit in those who are polling. And sometimes even those that look like us that are, you know, trying to, you know, get rich Mm. at the expense of our communities will say certain things that makes no sense. I mean, I was screaming this all year. And, And it wasn't just now. It was, there's demographics that, I mean, like there were status data that showed that black men were going to turn out in this way. If you looked at the primary data, it was already there. that black men were going to vote heavily for Democrats and not just in traditional ways, but even increases. And, and people weren't paying attention to primary data. They were just talking about these flawed polls where I seen people, one one instrument uh, in Georgia, the, the gentleman said, oh, Black Lives Matter support defunding the police do you support it or black lives matter support this candidate Mm -hmm. say whatever the candidate name was do you support it and i'm saying i'm telling this white pollster who is hired by a black person that your your instrument is all flawed you're asking one question about two different entities Mm -hmm. people feel a certain way about entities people feel a certain way about candidates and you just lumped it together you're getting false information those are false reads plus you're trying to wait put your hand on the scale when you're saying this is a you're saying defund the police is a Black Lives Matter issue and not a Black people's issue. Okay, right. So like, you're what you're trying to do is evoke because you've listened to people say, "Oh, Black Lives Matter is not popular in this part of the country." Right. So you're you're trying to make defund the police not popular, playing off some silly white white mm. shit. Mm. So yeah. So I mean, I, I was screaming about polls and posters all year, and I'm super excited that they were wrong as usual.
1: <laughs> And just like that, it's time for our weekly roundup of all the things Lady just ain't going to do this week. Number one, anti-trans bills moving forward in Arkansas. Now, look, last week, Lady talked with you about anti-trans bills moving like wildfire through state legislatures. So we needed to update you with the news that Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson a republican governor no less called this bill exactly what it was a vast overreach completely unfucking necessary i mean they didn't say that but i did and a product of a culture war that is raging across america they actually said that piece governor hutchison might be the last real republican left in the country but i digress they vetoed the bill but then the senate and the house both controlled by republicans went ahead and overrode the veto. What a steaming pile of shit. But you know as well as I do, this definitely ain't over. Other things Lady just ain't gonna do this week, week two of the Derek Chauvin trial. This week in this trial that Lady is not watching, let me just give you the quick highlights of what you need to know. This week was spent examining the lies the police told to try and cover up the horrific crime that they committed. Like, Pills found in the car of George Floyd that he was driving six months after police murdered him, but they weren't found in the initial search of the vehicle. Hmm. Not one unnecessary police restraint, but now we come to find out there was an additional pain hold being placed on Floyd as he was handcuffed, had a knee on his neck and wasn't resisting. This is just literally disgusting. And I will tell you what, y'all go ahead and put that man Derek Chauvin on the stand so we can hear the real shit about why he killed George Floyd. You ain't got to watch this trial to know the answer, child. He didn't give a shit about George Floyd's life, and neither did those other bitch ass officers who stood by and watched. Now, other things Lady just ain't going to do this week I mean, y'all have heard of Freak of the Week, but Lady needs a whole new category for this news, which we are going to call Creep of the Week. And that award for Creep of the Week goes to Matt Gates, the Florida congressman who is all kind of wrapped up in allegations of sex trafficking. I mean, this shit is so bizarre. Republicans and conspiracy theorists and the intersection between them have been going buck-ass wild about Democrats eating babies and whatnot, running child prostitution rings out of pizza shops. In the meantime, these Republicans were actually doing that. Long story short, child, let's just keep it short. Dude is caught up in a sex trafficking scandal where he paid to have sex with underage girls. Allegedly. He denies it, saying that he's being extorted. Ciao. Okay. Now, two of his aides have already resigned amidst a Justice Department investigation. No one, of course, is talking about these young women. Are they good? Because chances are this dude going to be just fine, despite the fact that he allegedly paid for sex with underage girls that he took across state lines. No one ever asks about the young women. Hmm. Let's move on to things that Lady likes, y'all, because this list of things that Lady ain't gonna do is too long this week. So let's talk about what we want more of. Number one, we want more Black women running things. We gotta send a special congratulations to Tashara Jones, who won her campaign for mayor of St. Louis, Missouri. You'll remember that Tashara ran back in 2017 against Lida Krusen and lost by something like 800 votes. But baby... Tashara got a rematch, honey, and she won. She is the third Black person to hold the seat, the second woman to hold the seat, and the first Black woman ever to hold the seat. Other things Lady Loves this week, Queen of the South is back, child, and I cannot wait to dive in. I love me this show so much. It's equal parts suspense, angst, boss ladies and boss business, and love. Get your life and get into it, y'all. Other things that Lady Loves this week, I cannot let another moment go by without giving a major shout out to the National Domestic Workers Alliance and our fearless, game-changing leader, Ai-jen who secured the most massive chunk of resources in the latest infrastructure bill. That's right, $400 billion for care as infrastructure. Good jobs, tax credits, job training, worker protection. Now that's what I'm talking about, honey. Power looks good on you, my friends. Let's keep it up. <laughs> you all are doing such important work. I want to thank you for coming on the show today. How can people find you on the socials and how can they make sure to get involved in your work? Um,
0: so yeah, you can find us at Blackmail Voter Project everywhere. Um, and to get involved with the work, we we don't really have a volunteer based organization and that's because uh black people need to be paid. If you are white, you can volunteer. We can teach you how to talk to your white cousins about our issues, but you can't talk to black men on our behalf because it's dangerous. When we when black men hear your community need this or you should do this for your community, it's a turn off they're being talked at, so it doesn't it doesn't benefit us mm-hmm. to do that. So uh to get involved, we need resources. Um I'm just being honest. Like Keep people. Just people need to go to our website and make sure I act blue. Uh, We're getting more monthly subscribers.
1: Thank you so much for coming on the show, Mondale. You've been excellent. I encourage everybody follow Black Male Voter Project on all the socials and please contribute. And that's it for Lady Don't Take No, the candlelight edition. (laughs) But I'll be back here every single Friday morning to accompany you where you used to have a commute. We appreciate you joining us. And let's keep the conversation going. Tell us what's on your mind. Tell us what you like and tell us what you ain't going to take no more of. On Twitter, we're at Lady Take. On Insta, we're at Lady Don't Take No Pod. And on Facebook, we're at Lady Don't Take No Podcast by Alicia Garza. We post ways to do something about the things you hear on this show all over our social media. So if we got you amped up today, check out the socials to find out how you can take action. And a special shout out goes to Jahari Farrar for making sure that the people get what they need from the socials. We appreciate you. Please subscribe and write us a review and let the people know what you heard here today, child. (laughs) I love that line. <laughs> Our incredible producer is Phil Circus. Our fantastic theme is by Litirix. This pod is supported by the Black Futures Lab. And me, I'm your host, Alicia Garza. Remember, go on and give some coin to help boost the effort to reboot Black male voter participation by heading to blackmailvoterproject.org police killing Black people is as American as apple pie, and you don't need a jury to tell you that. When rich white Congress people allegedly sex traffic young women, don't forget to check on the young women. And also, we love Black women running things, and we really love billions of dollars for care infrastructure. That's right. I said it because lady don't take no lady
0: don't take no she don't respect the sister walk around like a woman she
1: won't speak less than something worse saying don't play the girl take herself so seriously people stare curious she got a natural way her hips sway furiously like luxurious herself love y'all